What did you call him? Like an Atlantic Ten shill or something? He's a hundred percent an Atlantic Ten shill. He literally <laughs> like such a, that's to me that's such a bizarre like. I mean, even if he is like, why? Oh why no, it's you, a super like super Atlantic? niche attack. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find the Wheel Route Podcast on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can get the show, as always, from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Pod Center, Stitcher, etc. We're also on Instagram at Wheel Route Podcast. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I am coming to you. Live from Stewart, Florida, beautiful Stewart, Florida, Bal- a balmy weekend here. Uh, pretty, pretty warm, pretty moist in the air. There's a thickness abounding. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn. And uh, guys, I've been wetting the beak. I'm back. He's so back. thrilled for you. We're, just, yes. we're so thrilled. thrilled you. Yes. Yeah. You know, minor successes. So we're just, we're going to continue to trust the process. On Thursday through Saturdays, and uh, you know, as we as we see it, you know, interesting little proper here or there, we might make a sprinkle, um, but we're gonna we're gonna keep it between the mustard and the mayonnaise, and uh, and continue to plod forward. Um, but Jordan, you're right, you know, already got a, a fresh new sleeve of Z stars in the uh, in the bag, ready to roll. So <laughs> let's keep it let's keep it moving. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am live and in living color from Harrisonburg, Virginia, where. The nights are continuing to chill down, um, sometimes below freezing, and the days are still, you know, mild fall, 50s, sometimes a tickle of a six in the tens digits. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan. Shout out to the Who's for winning the uh, Logan Whitehouse basketball invitational contest on Friday night. Um, I, yeah, I broke my normal. My normal cannot c- consider bas- college basketball season until like December. Took the blinders cool. and uh, yeah. and and watched the end of that one. You know, a fun one. The Who's got some got some interesting white guys. Love to see it. You know, it's always fun. Haircut. <laughs> uh, would love to see Isaac McNeely continue to shoot more. Would like to see him hunt his shot. That was a term that got used a lot for Joe Harris when he was at his best. So. Uh. If we could get some of that to Mr. McNeil. Sweet Joe. Uh, yeah, my name is Jason Craig. In case you haven't heard for the last few weeks, my name is Jason Craig. Uh, I am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where, yeah. It's, through crystal clear, by the way. Like, uh, yeah, like, I like, will. You know what? I'm going to. Shout abstain, out to the I'm, IT staff. I mean, and the producers. I'm gonna, I'm I mean, everywhere. Skip giving, skip giving the weather. And I want to I wanna issue an apology to our hundreds of fans. Uh, and our sponsors. This, and our and our multitude of sponsors, who right. the the most important of which we've addressed directly already, um, and showered with gifts. There were a but, lot of terse meetings over the yeah, last couple. Of it, weeks. it got awkward. It got awkward. But uh, the sound has not been uh, up to the standard that we uh, like to purvey here at the Wheel Route Podcast. Um, we say. Uh, no free ads, uh, but we will do an emphatic free non-ad. Uh, and it turns out Firefox sucks. 
at doing this. Um, I was on Firefox for the last few weeks like an idiot, and it was hammering the sound, and now it's all fixed. And Jordan and I uh, labored over some IT work for nearly four and a half minutes uh, and got it figured out. And so Which now rounds we're good. up to one billable hour. That's, That's right. right. That's correct. And we started the hour, so it's billable. Yep. Um, so anyways, I'm very excited to be back sounding like an adult who has control of his own computer. I'm very, pr we are very proud of me for doing this. And you look great uh, too, Jason. I want you to know that well, not only do you I, sound I great, that. but you look great too. So thank I you for joining that. us this evening. Um, excellent. What are we drinking tonight, boys? Uh, tonight I am murdering my thirst with a can of liquid oh, death. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're going to get our uh, rating bumped up to a mature just for that would be, I can bleep it out. I would yeah. be interested in them sponsoring the podcast. I feel like yeah. the reads. I feel like the reads would be pretty fun. <laughs> the reads. Yeah. We'd be able to pull it off. We could, so, we could do some skits and whatnot. At Liquid Death. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it's at Coca Cola. Uh, you just go ahead and give us a buzz. <laughs> at InBev. Yeah. Yeah. It's InBev probably. Uh, I am throwing it way back uh, with a beer that is sure to make Logan happy. I have a Dos Equis. Oh. Yes. Did you pour it yourself out of a, a mini keg that you keep in the fridge? Uh, not yet, but uh, if I knew where one was, I would. You got to do. We got. You got to locate one of those and just put it in the fridge for little just little tappers. Know. You know. That was a that was a godsend down in the sunshine state. It was hot. It was hot. The boys were dehydrated. The weather was a hot. Toasty. The keg was not hot. That's had, true. Yeah. The keg was ice cold. The keg performed <laughs> Which was... admirably. Yes, <laughs> the mini keg. Uh, it was some great, some vintage math doing in the hall, in the uh, in the halls of the Publix as we were like, well, I think there's like 17 beers in here, so I mean, that's like a pretty sure this is super worth it. <laughs> this is a fairly good deal. Was this like 19? dollars I mean, yeah. so, <laughs> I can't believe they even sell you that much metal for 19. dollars You know, that's right. You, know? you could we could have probably scrapped it and gotten our entire money back. We could have funded a trip. <laughs> I know a guy. In some states, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm toasting our sweet boy Jimbo Fisher with a, a little pour of uh, this is Old Forester 1920. Mm. Mm. Delicious. Mm. Here's to you, Jimbo. Tastes like, tastes like a beer stand. Next round is on Jimbo, though. That's right. <laughs> yeah, at least a couple dozen rounds. Next round on, of boats are on on our, <laughs> on, on our boy. Um, I think he gets a 21 million dollar check here in like uh, three weeks. So. That would be sick. That. Do you think his twenty percent like, up front? Do you think his kid immediately went to the Christmas list and started making outrageous upgrades? I hope so. I mean, is his kid still make? If his kid is still making Christmas list, then you know we may have to. I don't know how old his kids are? Isn't he like his kid has to be like in college, right? Yeah, seems that way. <laughs> I don't know. Anyhow, I mean, listen, Whatever. Santa, Santa plus is plus is young and old. You miss 100% of the Christmas lists you don't make. Yeah. Right. Logan. Michael Scott right. told us that. Good point. Um, Spencer Hall reminded me that one time uh, his nephew tried to fight uh, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Falk Kevin after, Falk? after a football game and produced one of the best images of all time, college football yeah. images of the last decade or so. Which a, really an historic image uh, and uh, an equally excellent write up by Spencer where he broke down the many ways in which that was a terrible idea. Right, uh, right, including right. the the gym shorts under the cargo shorts or under the khaki shorts. Yeah, that is which is that like is a tough look. horrible idea. He was doing in. the like coaching equivalent of Michael Jordan wearing his 
because the legend was Michael Jordan used to always wear his yeah. UNC practice like shorts, shorts underneath yeah. his game shorts. He might have been, but either way, I know that you don't uh, pull up on that person. That's yeah. as, particularly after a football game. Seems like a terrible idea. I feel like Kevin Falk was a was was a was a bruiser as well, like, and he did yeah. he like played for the Belichick Patriots. Like he didn't really mess around ever. Yeah. It, it, it appeared so. I, I don't know. He would not be don't, on don't my list of none. running backs. Who's an ambitious yeah. target to take on? <laughs> hey, but listen. <laughs> Fortune favors the bold uh, and the rich. Uh, okay, so let's get right to it. Yeah, let's get it. The coaching it. carousel is is often spinning, boys. The you know, they cranked the generator. This we've weekend. been yeah, we've been teasing that it's about that time, and that time Black Sunday has happened. Yeah. I don't know if damn the dam has busted. I don't know if all of the Jimmy Sexton clients have like clauses in their contracts on eleven eleven that are yeah. like Veterans Day clauses on their contract or something. Also, shout out to the veterans. All right, I just let me be the first. Shout out to the veterans. Just shout out, shout to out to Jimmy Sexton for delaying all this <laughs> so as not to take away attention. Smart. That's a great. That's a great point. So, um, yeah. So I mean, joining Michigan State as a high-profile job open, Texas A&M. Into the fray. Jimbo Fisher is out, will be paid uh, the balance of his contract, I believe, uh, or will be paid his entire buyout, I should say, seventy in the neighborhood of $77 million. And there is no offset language in his contract either. So he is, he, is he, would be so, he would be so dumb to go coach football again if he liked, I mean, if he really he loved coaching ball. Uh, At the same time, he could. Like he could probably pull like a four million dollar job tomorrow without breaking a sweat. At which point, that's probably true. He will be collecting like twelve million dollars a year to coach football. The duck hunting's got to be pretty good in Arkansas. I think Arkansas State's probably gonna be looking to make a move at some point. So Butch Butch Jones is out. You get Jimbo in there. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. All with time, Jimbo all time, all time, mailing it in to me. right there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So anyhow, Texas A and M, an open job, huge. Yeah. Uh, huge job. I think Texas A&M is in a bit of a pickle here because people know what they're willing to pay for a coach and willing mm-hmm. to pay for a coach to go away. Um, I somebody, think- somebody tweeted that like Texas A&M essentially created an entirely new economy of college football coach salaries, and now they kind of have to – their chickens have come home to roost, if you will. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we're like a month out from early signing day as well. Um, yeah, starting to see a December. bit of a, a reshuffling of the deck on some flip com- flip commits or and things like that. the deck chairs. Am I right? Good point. You're, you're right. You are right. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a huge move. Seems like it probably has been in the works for a while. Um, I think there was reporting early this week that they were not going to make this move, but it seems uh, that they've been probably behind the scenes doing the money gathering portion of the proceedings so that they could go through with this. Um, well, they're in a, there was an apparently a board vote on Thursday. Okay. That I think sealed the deal. Yeah. They, Allegedly, I believe, uh, what's his name? Ross Bjork said, he said in his press conference, he brought it up to the president last weekend, knowing that there was a board meeting on Thursday and so the ball's the ball's been rolling for about seven days now. Hmm. But hey, um, the Aggies still went and whooped uh, Mississippi State, so that leg of the yeah. parlay cashed. Yeah, Mississippi <laughs> State also um, probably needs to make a move. 
I understand that they it was extreme it like could not be more unfortunate circumstances that led to where they're at right now. Right. However, um, you know, I don't I don't I'm not saying you gotta go hire Sonny Cumbie or, you know, any any of these other guys, but uh they need to do something there. That's not going well. But anyhow, back to the task at hand. Texas A and M is here and we get to do our favorite thing, which is blindly throw names at the board and see who <laughs> we love as a fit. So for Texas A and M, I think the main Names that have been bandied about are Mike Elko, Dan Lanning, and Mike Norvell. So far that I've seen. Um, good, good to see that A and M's not gun shy about going after another Florida State guy. <laughs> well, I mean that's just the. I think that's just the. He's a Texas guy, and he's got ties, yada yada, kind of thing. Like sure. I don't, I. I, I think it would be kind of silly, um, uh, money aside, I guess, for Norvell to. He seems like he's gotten over the hump at Florida State. His first couple of years at FSU were bad, right? Yeah, they were it was rough. easy to it was easy to get those jokes off at uh, Mike Norvell's expense, and um, they really obviously turned the corner. He seems to play the transfer portal game really well so far. I don't know that that's like sustainable necessarily, but he has been super successful doing that uh, at FSU. And, you know, I think could make plenty of sense there. It seems like he's like a solid guy too. Um, but I, 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 for me, that one doesn't make a lot of sense. I think Dan Lanning has like an astronomical buyout in, in like grading so, on the curve of normal I believe astronomical buyouts. Roughly 50 million from what I remember. Yeah. So I, I don't think that Oregon, I think Oregon did that intentionally not to get got again for the yeah. third straight time. Um, I, I would think that that would be an absolute home run. I think Dan Lanning's awesome. And I would love yeah. for my son to play football for Dan Lanning. And, I mean, he, he seems like he would just be a lot of fun to play for. And I love what Oregon's got cooking, but they're joining the big 10 and they have plenty of money, I think at this point um, to probably put up a fight. Uh, so they're going to have to really want Dan Lanning <laughs> who has, I mean, only been head coach for, 1.75 years at this point, right? So um, that would be a big move. I think Elko makes plenty of sense. He was there before. Um, he's a really good football coach. I don't know what kind of recruiter he is. I don't know what kind of like SEC, how he stacks up in the pantheon of SEC coaches when it comes to recruiting and CEOing and everything. But you guys got anyone else that you, any any names you need to mention or any, any thoughts on the candidates mentioned so far? Uh, well, I would just say, I think Elko would be, a great hire. Um, I do worry for his chances sake, maybe if that makes sense that like yeah. he got Duke so successful so quickly. And so I worry for him that if he takes the A&M job, A&M's going to expect that same like quick spike. And mm -hmm. I don't know that that's reasonable. Um, I think any of those three names would be great. I also would like to bring Jonathan Smith's name back to the forefront of of discussions. I know he's coaching at his alma mater. I would like to reiterate that Oregon State is one of the Pac-12 teams without a chair in the conference realignment musical chair game that we played several months ago. Right. Um, likely, likely a Mountain West team moving forward. Yeah, so... I think like the brand of football they play, you could make work with Texas A&M's current roster pretty well, pretty quickly. But I wonder if the uh, failed Brian Harson thing at Auburn would like 
be a negative, like be something that would be like weirdly held against Jonathan Smith. Like, oh, he's yeah. from he's from Big Sky, the, the PNW. Yeah. He doesn't know how to mix it up in the trenches, you know, and and recruit and everything else. Guy. Which hey, listen, like, like yeah, turned out to be true, I guess, about Harson. Um, I suppose I think Auburn is also like just a categorically weird place, but so is uh, Texas A&M. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think. <laughs> I mean, I think Elko is like a good, would be a good like steadying force and would have the team much like more ready to go and probably would hire or, or bring or have like an offensive scheme that would be a little bit better um, than what NM has been doing so far. Um, but I, I don't know that like recruiting above Duke's average is one thing, recruiting above Texas A&M's average and then being able to probably to coach above them. Like those are, one of those is a, is a much bigger step, um, namely the the recruiting part, right? So, uh, I yeah, I, I don't know. Texas A&M's gonna have to look themselves in the mirror. There's been some Jeff Trailer discussion too. Um, he is UTSA's head coach. I think he is very much the Texas High School Coaches Association, um, you know, darling kind of guy. He's a really good coach, but I don't. I mean, I, I was listening to the split zone duo like carousel podcast. And there's, there's certainly like the thought out there, like there's going to be someone at Texas that says, Oh, what we paid $80 million to hire UTSA's head coach. Um, and yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's, a that's what I was, I was about to chime in with. Like, I cannot imagine they get yeah, away with right. making that move and not winning the press conference. Well, it's the same. It's, it's in the, in the same vein of LSU didn't go after Billy Napier. Right. Yep. It's like, there's just always going to be like a bit of a little brother syndrome there that like for better or worse is going to be held against you and going to make the situation weird. Um, and Texas A&M is in a weird spot because going to have a lot of proud people that think that, you know, Bill Belichick's going to want to coach there. Want to come and, coach at your institution, right? Yep. And they thought they that had. to find out. I guess they thought they had that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know. I think somebody tweeted it today. It like, and I have, I have mostly good, mem- like not good, but like mostly clear memories <laughs> of it. Like Texas A&M thought they had basically like won the coaching search. Like that was. Well, Jimbo remember, was Jimbo there, was always going like, to go to LSU. That was always the thing. It's like yeah. Jimbo was a destination for LSU one day, and like and they like they 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 like pat they broke their arms, patting themselves on the back for like oh we got this. He's at the top of the business. He's the number one target. And like I guess like at the time you kind of sort of could have made a case for it. Like aside from you know Saban, but like it, I I have very clear memories of them being super excited about it. And I think all three of us were just like yeah, this seems good, but like. He Things were not going well at Florida State. Yeah, yeah, right. And like had and, already started sinking, and uh, it was, it's just a, it's a, there. Someone's going to write a book about this, and I'll probably be very willing to read it. Sure. Because first of all, it's already already interesting, and second of all, holy hell, can Texas A&M donors and regents not keep their mouths shut? And it's going to be just the most spill the tea book in the entire world. And I'm very that that sounds wonderful. Right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're looking at on on the order of nine figures worth of buyout money for all in head coach staff and probably paying a new coach uh, mm-hmm. is buyout, which evidently could be 30 million dollars, <laughs> 50 yeah, million dollars. It's, it's going to be well, it's going to be into eight figures for sure. So you're going to need a lot of those guys that show up uh, on Texas A&M Booster Day that give over a million dollars to do the same thing. And 
And also, they, uh, shout out there. to Jordan and I said this today, but shout out to agents and their Christmas haul this year because a whole lot of people are about to get new contracts. Sure, absolutely. So, all right, are there any pie in the sky weirdo? Uh, no one has mentioned Urban Meyer yet. You know, makes all the sense in the world, right? Urban Meyer. Let's Obviously. get him. Let's get him in there. Makes too much sense. I would love no. that uh, for all involved. It would be delightful. Um, I would like to throw this out. Not someone mentioned. Uh, we we mentioned in the Twitter chat about uh, Harbaugh, which would be hilarious for that would be reasons. hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's honestly that's what I'm most interested in, particularly at a place like Texas A&M. Like, I don't even care about your football team. Just make it as funny as possible for me. Like that's all right. I want to see. Yeah. I would like to see Harbaugh interact with those uh, Rebel Yell folks oh god the yell leaders and the yeah 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 Yeah, and have to do all the like off-season bs with the dog and stuff like i mean yeah i mean it's it's weird it's a just it's we should probably stop saying weird in such a pejorative way it's a quirky place they have a lot of traditions it comes off a little culty but um you know I'm guess, fine with keeping I weird guess, as the yeah, right. I mean, but I mean, Austin's already claimed that, and they probably don't, you know, they they, they don't want to uh, sure. be associated the with is, the liberals in Austin. Yeah, so that the, the fascinating difference between like Texas A and M people and Austin people, like Austin people are weird, and they're just like, yeah, we're pretty weird. It's great. Texas A and M people are very certain that they're normal. Like they're very, they're just like these people. Just it's make, not weird. These people make fun <laughs> of weird for yell. not getting it. Yeah, like these people make fun of midnight yell practice and making out on touchdowns because, like, they just don't—they don't understand. They don't get it. They're jealous. And it's like, nah, man, that's weird. Like, we exist <laughs> on a higher plane of football yeah. where we go right. seven and that's, five every year and buy out coaches yeah. for eighty million dollars. Right, really Whereas makes me fun, make fun of when people make fun of weird things in Austin. People in Austin are like, yeah, right, and then they just keep doing them, and it's fine. yeah. Makes me finally look back to like when I had to do so much explaining about how we wore ties to football games at UVA, as if that was like some sort of like right. epic, like weird decision. Like looking back, guys, was that that big a deal? Did we did we need to talk so much about that? Yeah, probably Let me not. Introduce but, you, you know. to Texas A&M. <laughs> yeah, yes. we can always you we can ever always seen recalibrate the grading curve to Texas a, A&M. An, an, an ironic wearing of uh, of overalls. Uh, and, <laughs> the only time I ever saw anyone in overalls. UVA was at Foxfield, I believe it was Chris Long. So, and the boys, yeah. they had him on. We saw a guy uh, on the golf course today in uh, yeah. Tennessee Volunteer overalls. I I have to think somebody lost a bet, but yeah, it was he was fully kitted out in Tennessee orange striped overalls. And, it was the, yeah. like the checkers, the orange. Oh yeah, white sorry, the, yeah, the checkers, checks. not the stripes. Oof, yeah, that's wild. Um, okay, let's keep it moving here. Uh, Michigan State's still open, but sucks to be Michigan State now. No one cares anymore. Um, Boise State opened up also today. So similar situation. I mean, Boise, I don't think is completely out of it in the, in their in the conference. Um, and uh, they have had an underwhelming year, and they've had an underwhelming run by their standards, lofty standards um, under Andy Avalos. But he's out uh, in Boise. And I don't know what you do. Have to think any list of Boise guys that we would remember names of. Well, your Zabranskis, your Harsons, your Moores. Yes. I was going to say, isn't Brian Harson currently unemployed? I think so. And I think he lives there still. Yeah. And he's from there. So I think yeah. it makes all the sense in the world. Um, I think there's a thought that Kellen Moore would yeah, probably do one. the job eventually. But I think if you're the OC of a somewhat okay NFL team and, you know, 
get to work with Justin Herbert, maybe you're going to at least see that through um, before yeah. you maybe head home and, and do something that you could do probably at any time in your coaching career. Uh, did you know Kellen Moore has a brother named Kirby Moore? I found that mm. to be interesting. Um, mm. Interesting K names there. Not Kyle and Kevin. Kellen and Kirby. Kellen and Kirby. <laughs> but maybe there's uh, a Kyle seen, and Kevin. Name. I've seen Washington's OC. Sure. Uh, I've seen Colorado's OC, that the guy that uh, uh, Sean Lewis Kent State, Sean Lewis, um, the guy who was recently demoted, who we did not talk about on this podcast, but Dion, we did not. Yeah, that got weird. Uh, um, got, got a little weird. Little maybe something happened. I saw. was said. I saw Montana State's head coach, which I think would be an awesome hire. Um, he, Montana State sucked for a long time, and. Sure. Um, He's made, I think he's made the semifinals last year. I think he made the title game the year before, but he's he's done outstanding work there. So I think he's going to stay forever. Do you guys think it's realistic for Boise State to have an expectation for them to be what they were like 10 years ago? Because I think it's, that this is no, it's like tough. I think this that we're striating. And unfortunately, Boise State is in the have nots when it comes to college football i I mean they could be excellent and they could have cool facilities and they could be great for like the grade they're on but i don't think that like them going like 11 and one every year and like maybe being in a i think their their run of success came at a time when it took very different things for a (laughs) mid-major team to have that kind of run of success right yeah Um, and they did they did awesome stuff with it and if they're if they're willing to change into what it is now they might have a shot, but it's way harder now. And it's it's particularly for somebody out at Boise State. Like, I don't even know if you can do it. Yeah, I just think with the transfer rules being what they are, like, you cannot realistically expect to retain talent year after year uh, to the level it takes to go 10-2, and 11-1 year after year. Like, In that conference, right. Yeah, like, players who do well at those schools and – feel that they can improve their draft stock are so, inclinated to explore other opportunities at higher level programs. And I will, that's the nature of the beast. I will mostly agree with that, but mostly specifically about Boise state, because I, I do think that there is a way for mid-major teams to sustain success. Uh, it, this base, this entire conversation basically happened in basketball. Um, call it, four or five years ago um basketball transfers have always been way crazier than football transfers um you know the the caa lost its player of the year at one point they lost the player of the year like four straight years to transfers to power five schools um and i think i think it happened right when the grad transfer rule kicked in where you could move without penalty and stuff and so basically what you see good mid-major teams do is there there will be talented players who leave power five schools because they didn't get playing time immediately or right. something happened. And, sure. and so it, the transfer portal flows both ways and you've, you've seen, you know, the same mid major schools continue to, to do good work there. Uh, you know, frankly, you know, JMU's off to a really hot start that our, the, the program has improved drastically by way of transfers from other places um, occasionally from power five schools. And so like it, you just have to work it, in a very different way than power five schools work at power five schools are going to use the group of five as a pseudo farm system group of five schools have to kind of make peace with that and say, all right, we got to do our research into who's talented and who ran into a bad situation and who, you know, 
didn't mesh with their coach, but is really talented and that sort of thing. And so I think yeah. you can do it. I think the Boise of it all raises that degree of difficulty tenfold. Uh, being yeah. out there in the West, uh, in a you know one of the two best group of five conferences, um, you know all of that makes things much more challenging than. Frankly, it's, it's probably harder to do it at Boise than it is at JMU or you know a, a mid-major school in the East Coast or in the South or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's well said. Anyways, so, thanks for coming um, to that talk. Oh no, yeah, you're 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 fine. It, it is it is interesting. I just like I guess wonder. I think Boise like ha, Boise State has an expo- expectation yeah. um, based on years of like a lot of really good and cool. Yeah, success, I, I think success. it's. I think they reasonably see themselves as a group of five blue blood and they probably should. Like they were kind of the original them and ECU for years. were like the two on the East coast and the West coast, but it's the, the game done changed. And I don't know that Boise state has adapted as quickly as other schools have. Well, I, I just, I don't even know if it's an adaptation thing. I just think that like, it's just harder to compete, you know? And, and like, so yeah. adapting for them is, is a lot different than being like sort of the only game in town out there. And um, yeah. So, okay. Um, there was some scuttlebutt. I, th- I think Arkansas is going to make a move. There's been, there hasn't been an announcement yet, but Arkansas got blasted by Auburn this weekend. Yeah, they Bad look. And they were even never worse really look in. for Billy Napier, truly. Even an even worse look for Billy Napier. So that's why I've added him to my names to watch list. Just as a, I ceremony. think we saw what they were watching, like Polar Express at halftime or something. Yeah, allegedly that was in the red shirts locker room, which is not mm. connected to the main locker room, which is. A weird explanation. That's a rabbit hole right there. But Sam Pittman, I think, is a native son kind of guy. I think he was brought in because the vibes were like extremely bad after um, the previous it regime. For a while. It has and, to be said. I mean, I guess it worked. But you can say it worked, but I think again, this is one of those like expectations things, right? Like it worked yeah. because like it elevated maybe the floor of two and ten Arkansas to like bowl eligible Arkansas, but like yeah. their record has been awful conference um and it's you know just sort of kind of i guess is what it is i think it's the plight of the you know bottom third of the sec west is going to be tough sledding like and someone's going to have to be last right and and unfortunately it's been arkansas um and you know they they lost their offensive coordinator who i don't think was a great offensive coordinator but like it got way worse this year somehow you did worse than kendall bryles um like extremely so you have the mercy killing of daniel uh daniel or not Don daniel geez louise and he knows thank you a lot of names um a couple of weeks ago which is you know usually the uh, the uh the death knoll of, uh, of things to come <laughs> see grantham comma todd uh but yeah i think arkansas probably should make a move i don't even like want to get into postulating who might be interested in that i think arkansas can pay some money though so um and it's an sec job so sec guy get sec job we'll see how it goes um i think we always forget that northwestern is probably more or less still open um not that they've actually like sneaky are doing okay they're like five and five maybe maybe bowl Creeping up on hey, Paul Elgin. They, they hammered somebody this week that they shouldn't have. Right? They were uh, beating they the, beat the hell out of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. But they only ended up winning by like 10 or 14. But still, I mean, they, 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 they had that game. It was 24 3 for like most of the game. And then they won. Wisconsin may need so. to revisit the Phil Longo uh, offensive approach thing. I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe, maybe Danny knows uh, needs to come home. Oh, uh, Logan, you saying SEC guy gets SEC job in terms of the Arkansas position. Have we heard any uh, 
Mike Stoops A&M possibilities? Ooh, um, I believe Bud. Uh, Bud suggested that that would be a really good hire. Um, but I think that's that falls in the like that would make a lot of sense for all involved. But A and M is above hiring Kentucky's head coach. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or like that's not a, that's not a the splash you think you deserve for seventy million dollars. But yeah. um, I mean, I I'd, I'd be interested in that. I think that's that's fine. He's Rick. I think he's a good coach, but I I think uh, he also makes like plenty of money right now too. So he could probably have his pick. So this would. You have to think that this job would be on the short list of jobs that could like realistically pay him more than he's currently getting paid as Kentucky's head coach, which is wild. So, um, I mean, these guys love money. Whom's amongst us? Uh, all right, that's it for the head coaches. Penn State also fired uh, their offensive coordinator. His last name is Urich. Um, I, think, I think Spencer like. I think Spencer shouted him out. He's like, "Oh, James Franklin's done this before. Like he knows when yes. to time that for aggressive." The, yeah, the aggressive uh, killing yeah. off of the coordinator. So, um, yeah, we can get into that game uh, because that was disgusting. Just Penn State should be ashamed of themselves. Like people make fun of Iowa. Penn State is right there with them, um, as far as I'm concerned, and just squandering way more talent than Iowa has. Gonna, like, Iowa's quarterback situation is abysmal. All right. Uh, on the hot seat, I think we probably still have Will Hall, Dana Holgerson, Dave Aranda, and charitably, I put Billy Napier on there just because of the, the Arkansas situation and, no, and how, how, how things are going. I think um, good to be transparent. I think, it, I think it's worth a I think it's worth a chat. I don't I don't think the wheels are coming off the bus behind the scenes or anything. I think they probably seeing like the Mike Norvell thing play out at Florida State. You probably need to tell yourself like let's actually give it some time, but. Um, there I are also 7,000 wheels on that bus. So even there's a lot of wheels on the bus. Up. I think that some changes are warranted. Um, and I'm interested to see what uh, what can be done. So, all right, let's get to the week that was, unless you guys have any other coaching discussions you want to make. No. Jason, how's the, how's the JMU war chest? Is the war chest stocked? Are they ready to fend off advances? Yes, we're gonna we're gonna find out real soon. I bet. So, do we need to put Tony Elliott on the on the Billy Napier commemorative potential hot seat, but not really hot seat list? I don't think who who floated the rumors right in the group text. Yeah, the whispering had begun. I mean, why would it not have begun? They've been awful. They can't win. They're terrible. I don't think they're as bad as the record is. I agree. I think that's probably true, but they also like not unlike Florida and not unlike Miami, they make the worst mistakes all the time. We can talk about this game, but it seems like every time Virginia makes a mistake, it is just like catastrophic. Other teams get away with stuff. Virginia does not. Florida falls into this category as well. It's like they have to thread the needle so much to like make things happen and to like score that so, like any turnover just completely throws off their whole game plan. And it's like, oh, well, we're down by a score now. So it's just never going to happen for us again. I completely see where you're coming from, Logan. I also wonder if some of this is because you watch th- these two teams so much I mean, and I watch UGA <laughs> so much. So like you are familiar with the entire canon. This is true. I mean, right. you're, you're the, it's a scope. It's a question of scope. <laughs> like, yeah. Who's in yeah. my scope? 
I mean, so if you like, if you talked to South Carolina fan, they could probably tell you the same thing. Or oh, well, I think South Carolina's talk, coach should be on the hot seat too. He can be right there with them. I mean, they've, 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 they've got hey, no does he want to coordinate special teams for Billy? Next you know what? Year, maybe? Stoops, you know what? Stoops is Stoops is working his way into there too. Kentucky is really fall, the break. The wheels have fallen off the bus after Kentucky's drubbing of Florida's, which all of this adds up to not a good situation for Billy Napier because it seems like he continually loses to bad teams. So, all right, let's talk Virginia Louisville first, though. This was on Thursday night, just an absolute, uh, just a just a heartbreak for the Hoos. I actually went to bed at halftime. I couldn't do this to myself. I knew, <sighs> I knew this was going to end in look disaster. At, I, see, look at it. I don't think night. I don't think you're qualified to offer a full opinion on Tony Elliott. That's did you can't do it. Did they give up 17 points in the fourth quarter again and lose the game that they like kind of like had crawled their way back into? Did to they just absolutely fall apart? Team? Who like? F's around every game and almost loses themselves. I mean, cool, much more talented, awesome. They also <laughs> fired their coach last year too and got a new one. Yeah. <laughs> and but they we saw the we all saw the NC State game, Jason. The NC yeah. State game lives fresh in our minds. All right, yes, sorry, Jordan. Does. That's very true. Uh, no, yeah, I, I unlike others here, I watched the entire game. Um, That's right. I think UVA like. They played better in the first half than the score would have indicated. Um, then they had some fortuitous events lead to points probably above expectation in, in the second half that led them taking the lead. Um, the third touchdown they scored was off of like receiver gets absolutely walloped, fumbles right into a trailing receiver's hands who takes yes. it into the touchdown. Uh, it should be noted, thoughts and prayers to Paris Jones. Uh, he was yeah. hospitalized after that hit, had spinal surgery of some sort um, the next day. Haven't been a lot of updates on that since. So hope They said he was briefly allowed to walk in the hospital after the surgery. Yeah, though, after the surgery. Is so that is good news. Um, sure. But, yeah, just a weird game. Like, they covered. That's what great teams do. But, Amen. Um yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I think the pieces to have gone to a bowl this year are there. It would have taken some breaks in their favor that they just don't seem to be getting uh, to the degree they need to. Now, Logan, to your point, I think there are plenty of self-inflicted issues, um, and the fact that those still pop up are disappointing and concerning um the injuries are tough to overcome at the quarterback you, you've played multiple quarterbacks at different points like that's that is tough and not indicative of coaching necessarily yeah. right so we had some interesting officiating on thursday night it was bad <laughs> both ways i don't want to be guy who's like yeah the ref screwed uva out of a win uh it, right it was bad both ways that's, that's your brother your brother probably your brother probably has worn you out on that one he's yeah. he's pretty good mm -hmm. at that you you're younger brother yeah no i haven't i haven't Wait poked up. a bear on that yet but oh wow i'm, I'm he, sure it'll he, be there thanksgiving back in the day he used to be good for one of those so shout no, out to him when we will i think we'll <laughs> have the chance to watch the commonwealth cup this together oh this god year, so i'm sure that's yes I'll, I'll pull the microphone out still <laughs> okay yeah. Um, yeah i thought calandria was great in this game um took care of the ball ran the ball really well like was much more decisive and um, the running has been nice that he brings like a, a very actual, like 
dangerous element of running. Like Brennan Armstrong used to run pretty well, and like yeah. it's nice to see. Yeah. So, and I thought like the jump Calandria took from just the Georgia Tech game to this game was really encouraging. Um, so, hope he sticks around with the program. Hope hope he doesn't jump ship uh, for brighter pastures. But what? Yeah. What is the um, like the eligibility situation at quarterback? Uh, in terms of him and who else? Well, I mean, is Musket like? back oh don't know if musket has another year left okay um i would be fine if he didn't i would be fine either way right like i think he, he seems like a totally really fine well. he seems like a totally fine option knows the offense really well manages it um Klanager's just so much more fun to watch and like, yeah he's, I think he's got, he has much higher ceiling so. he's got a lot more upside um yeah they very clearly don't trust him like in the red in the red area uh yeah. UVA had some like very dubious they they'd get a little cute in the red area. Musket Musket is eligible in 2024. Okay. Sweet. All right. So we'll see. And Tony um, Elliott, uh, this is in the Daily Progress, said this week that they are planning to sign a quarterback in the coming class. Uh, depending on the situation, it could change to two quarterbacks. Yeah, there was like, I saw that come across the Twitter the Twitter timelines. Like yeah. Tony Elliott says, well, they might sign two quarterbacks. Like, like, yeah, I mean, I think I think he got to sign every year all. because they're yeah. like yeah. half yeah. of them, say, three quarters a, of them leave. Sustainability's plan at this point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay. All right. Well, I'm, you know what? I'm back in on Tony Elliott and the Who's. He doesn't yeah, have to go I'm, on the Billion like, Napier. Great, I, great job, Jordan. Outstanding I mean, you're, work. Jordan, you're you're like globally. I think. We've we've all seen it, and like I have allowed myself to get very emotionally involved in some Virginia games this year. Whereas in the past, like they had no shot, and it was, you know, not worth it. So I mean, maybe that's progress. It's just like it's been very painful progress, and yeah. like unfortunately, like there are some weeks where they just get like blasted, and like the Georgia Tech game, what was that? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, you, yeah, you I know, so, you beat North Carolina, so cool. Yeah, I think bigger picture, like I am more willing to be a little more patient with coaches, especially at Virginia, given the challenges of like recruiting to that school and how, to what degree you can just take transfers from anywhere. Um, I think like there is some scar tissue from bring, from being way too patient with Mike London and signing him to a bad extension when his name got tossed in the Penn state uh, rumor mill back when, that job was open every wow. every so often for unsavory reasons, but right. um, yeah, I think like I think if next year there's clearly no progress made, like I'll be ready to cut him loose. But I I don't think Virginia is a football institution enough to be able to say like yeah, we'll just get a new guy in here in two years. And like that'll fix everything. So I would like to see him be given some more leash. But that's Carla's call, not mine. That's why she's making the big dinero. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Let's whip through a couple of them here before uh, we take an intermission. Georgia Tech was at Clemson. Clemson did the did the dang thing. At I think we had this on here just as like, you know, Georgia Tech, frisky watch. They were not as frisky this week as they were the previous well, week. Well, they were off their schedule. Of yeah, they threw off their weeks. whole routine. They threw yeah. off their groove. Virginia. <laughs> Virginia threw off their Virginia whole Virginia got them off schedule. You got to give well, Tony Elliott credit. 
some um <laughs> some troubling imagery of Dabo's get up in this game uh across some great the tweets I, came from it, though. Oh tremendous gosh, tweets though. The, the tweet about the youth pastor who calls himself uh, the, 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 the sword the at the sword. paintball center. Yeah, I amazing. lost Tr- it. That truly amazing. <laughs> Very good. Uh, um, Spencer did one where he said, "Yeah, the C is for Commander in Chief, and you know who mine is." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. So anyhow, uh, shout out to Dabo though for sticking it to Tyler. You know, he really, he really gave it to him. Um, give him something to think about. So. Uh, Jason, UConn was at JMU. I saw it was thirteen to three at halftime, uh, but the Dukes, <laughs> the Dukes did it to him. Go Dukes! Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I want to say it was twenty-eight unanswered to end the game. Um, that was pretty good. Any coach will tell you is. No, it was. Uh, UConn got frisky. Um, they actually they, they they have a couple dudes on defense, uh, especially in the front seven, um, and um, I just completely forgot the UConn coach's name. I said his name all weekend. Mora, uh, Jim Mora. Yeah, Jim Mora. Thank you, Jeez. Junior. Junior. Yeah. Um, he that guy runs some trick plays. They had some like pretty interesting trick plays. They ran a fake punt that was fascinating and terrible. Um, Love that. They ran like a <laughs> half back pass. So did Clemson. Were, Clemson ran a fascinating and terrible fake punt as well. Like yeah. slow developing punter yeah, draw. Yeah. Like it was like it was literally draw. like a snap it to the up back and then run a reverse and like just ran straight into the teeth of the middle. It was so funny. But mm. uh, anyways, it was it was a game for a good, you know, 25, 35 minutes. Um, and then uh Jamie, Jamie did, did what a good team game. does. Jamie, t- took care of business. Yeah. Put them put them under the stadium. Uh Jordan McLeod, quarterback, threw for 450 and four touchdowns. Only had four incompletions on the day. We had two receivers over 150 yards. Um, How does it feel that your quarterback quarterback put up those numbers and that's only half of what Jaden Daniels did to the Gators? uh, It's eye-opening. Truly. And concern for specific Heisman teachers. But we'll we'll get to that later. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, 10-0 for the Dukes. and a big week on tap. That's right. Game day yeah. in town for the third time since I'll we've sh- done this podcast. I think right. at least. But I mean, that's yeah, amazing. Take some credit for that. They're getting the wheel route bump. Yeah. They're you know the Dukes are getting the wheel route bump. So I think it's obvious that this, there's a direct correlation. They love it the um, most. Correlation Many people definitely equals causation. So it definitely has nothing to do with Lee fitting. Um, the hey, Lee's gone. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah, Lee, but we got fired this off season, which is a bummer, but. Uh. That's why. The, that's yeah. why. Anyways, that's what the show kind of blows now. Um, it's pretty much exactly why the show kind of blows now. <laughs> I I do want to say, Jason, shout out to the Harrisonburg community. I love when my uh, younger brother attends a JMU uh, game because not he, only he do I get not not only do I get updates from him on who he saw, but I get updates from everybody who he saw that they saw him, which is just <laughs> right. it just it's great. It warms the cockles yeah. of my heart. So yeah. happy to see him mixing it up. I heard. Um, I heard some of some of the Harrisonburg greats of yore were well lubricated and uh, having a good time, That's and right. yeah, it was good. Yep, another so another wholesome weekend in the in the Berg. But, uh, <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Did you did you guys watch any of this Miami at FSU abomination? No, I watched. I just the... I I collected this story via your te- your horrified texts. <laughs> 
Yeah, I watched uh, Tyler Van Dyke attempt to drive. Yeah. Oh man, that was that was sad. When when you sent that text, that was the last straw. I was like, I can't resist this anymore. TVD time, baby. Yeah. So Van Dyke did not start in this game. Uh, The vibes were off uh, for TVD. Um, He's been throwing a lot of interceptions. He's had a pretty rough. He also looks like he's just been hit by a a truck every time you see the young man. He is like limping and like wincing. I think his confidence was pretty shot. He appears to struggle reading zone defenses also, which is uh, not great. Um, if you want want to sit back there and try to pick up a defensive part. So uh, young Emery Williams is his name, I think maybe Um, started for Miami and he also started the Clemson game that they won. I think Van Dyke played against Virginia, right, Jordan? Yes. Yeah. Um, So anyhow, yeah, I mean, it was Miami's defense played a whale of a game, kept themselves in it. Um, it did not, I mean, it was kind of a, a Penn State-ish approach from Miami on offense. They weren't really trying to do a ton. They got a couple explosive runs in the first half that like got them in the scoring position, scored uh, a beautiful touchdown pass by young Emory, potentially last name Williams, um, during the, uh, in the first half, like a little kind of like slot fade from like close to the goal line, dropped it right over the DB, a lot of touch, beautiful throw. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of one of those games that like Miami clawed their way back into it and then got the ball at the very end with a chance to like, you know, drive the field with a minute to go. And you kind of knew it wasn't going to happen. Um, you especially knew it was going to happen when, uh, scrambling for the first down this Emory Williams character, like completely extends himself, lays out to try to uh, get the first down, gets it, uh, to his credit. And then like one of the most disgusting broken arms you'll see uh, happens to the young man, just like an absolute, um, just put, put, put yourself like dove headfirst into a car wreck. Right. And like, that's, that's tough. So he's not going to play anymore this year. He left the field in like the full, there was like the full air cast, multiple people on the cart with him, bad, bad situation. So yeah, so I thankfully turned it on immediately after that did okay. not see it take place. Didn't see he's- a replay. You saw but, the scrum. Yeah, I saw the air cast and the tears and like the commentators were just gushing about like, oh my gosh, he like cool as a cucumber. A, that's how you win the locker room right there. Like, regardless <laughs> of whether they win or lose this game, like this young man has has the entire locker room behind him. Yeah, for the, the rest of his career. The announcers, there were some good announcer moments this weekend. Um in this game, in the first half, uh, Miami had Florida State pinned down close to their goal line. And Jordan Travis is just, you know, he'd be back there doing stuff. Jordan Travis, the full experience was on display last night. Um, and he like he ran into the end zone and then got tackled and they did not call it a safety. It was like the announcers were aghast that it was not called a safety. Um, they called it like forward progress stopped at the one yard line kind of situation and like Florida State ended up punting and I think Miami ended up getting the ball like the 35 anyway so like they I think they got points they got it was right before halftime they got like three points but it was kind of like I don't know they probably should have got two points and then the ball in good field position with much more time on the clock but um that was weird I don't think this was Jordan Travis's best game he is just like maddening how he stays on his feet uh, it's like it's truly remarkable i, I mean I'm, I'm trying to say this as a compliment um i don't know that like there I, I don't know that i have any comp for like jordan travis like he's just he's just such a unique 
athlete at the position. Like he gets flung around and like will somehow stay on his feet and like stagger through the crowd forward and then just get up and like I mean it's always exciting and it it he rarely like makes a negative play even though he makes a lot of plays that would appear to be turnover worthy but he doesn't make the turnover. So Florida state hangs on. They win by seven. Um, probably not their best effort, but you know, it's okay. It's hard it's to win in the ACC rivalry game. Yeah, absolutely. It's Florida state's undefeated. Um, Johnny Wilson had the drops last night as well. Mm. Something to keep an eye on. Yes. He almost had a got key on Coleman back, right? Yes. And he returned to kick for a touchdown. I think Okay, maybe, He's good. He's really good. Yeah. He also wears the like really short pants that are like well cut above the knee, like not a knee pad in sight, barely long enough to fit the thigh pads. And I mean, he looks he looks like a just a thoroughbred. He's ready to go. So love to see it. Um, I guess we could talk UF at LSU real quick. Jane Daniels put on an absolute show. I mean, yeah, he had an 85 yard touchdown run. He had a 51 yard touchdown run. He had some other, I think LSU had like nine or 11 explosive plays in the game. Florida's defense has really lost the plot uh, the past couple of weeks. Not really sure what happened there. I saw Florida's like in the bottom five yards per play allowed now this year, um, based heavily on, I'm guessing, the last few weeks. I thought their defense was pretty good to start the year. So either tape or injuries or a combination of both have caught up with Florida in a big way. Um, they may need to go back to the drawing board there to figure some stuff out. The DBs are getting torched too, which is, not a good look for legendary DB coach Corey Raymond uh, also, and, and the group. Like we discussed, they also seem to have some some odd schematic choices and play calling choices um, that left things a little bit open for Jaden Daniels. Who I and I said this in the group text. Um, I love the way he runs. Like it is, he is very instinctual, and I will. I this is. You guys know how awkwardly high praise this is, but he runs a lot like Pat White ran at West Virginia. Mm. Um, like mm. he, the way he sets people up and the way he like, he does a little like subtle kind of jab juke where it doesn't yeah. look like he slows down at all. Uh, but like on on both those long runs he had the other on, on Saturday night, he he's like really fast, but patient. Like he does a good right. job of like, he, like a good running set, back. Right. Yeah. He knew he saw the two defenders off in the distance that he knew he had to get past and set them up to basically get screened by a guy who was already getting blocked. And so he, he let one of his blockers basically take two guys out of the play while the blocker was only focused on the guy he was blocking. Cause you can't, you know, do anything else. And he basically like led the guy to run into his own person and it only slows the defender down what two steps, but that's all he needs. And so yeah, no, cause he's the, fast the enough. Way, the way he runs in the open field is so instinctual and so fun to watch. Um, that, Pat White was the only person I could think of that I've seen run like that in the open field as a quarterback. He's very fast too. He, I, like, it very much helps to be stupid fast. So fast. Yeah. RG three, Lamar Jackson, some other notables that come to mind as far as like, just like blazing open field speed right. and athleticism. I don't know that with, they like, had to set people yeah. up the way that, that Pat yeah, like, oh, that, that might be, that might be the RG three yeah. Lamar Jackson runner to me, like they, they cut harder yeah, then there was a lot Jay, of planting. Jalen Daniels and does, yeah, a lot of like long legged. Yeah, Daniels hard is smooth. Shoulder, yeah, he just kind of like slides yeah. and, and glides. That's what I'm referring to. Of like, you can kind of see him like, like there were on the on the first long run. I saw him do it and didn't know what he was doing. 
because he kind of like took an odd, an odd angle behind this one block and then burst out behind it. And that's right when I saw the second defender get caught up in it. Yeah. And I was I like, think oh, that's this, why he did it. Yeah. And then I was watching for it the second time. And he did the same thing. And it was the freshman, I, the freshman I safety that Florida had on the quarterback spy there took an abysmal angle, got eaten up didn't, by a guy. Didn't cover by, himself in glory yes, for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. And then it was off to the races and, and that was yeah. it. But I mean, I, Man, he's fun I, to pe- watch. People, people kind of bag on, on, uh, the, on Billy Napier. They hate the offense, whatever. I don't actually think the offense is really that bad or that much of a problem. I, I do think Florida it's asks themselves the last night. No, they no, scored 35 points. I mean, Florida yeah. never seemed to have a problem, at least in that game last night, like cutting the lead to three, right? They could never get a stop yeah. so that they could get the ball back. And on the one occasion that they had an opportunity to kind of maybe separate a little bit in the game, I think they had the lead and there was sort of an unfortunate overturned call on a, on a, on a Mm -hmm. diving catch attempt. And then LSU gets the ball back and literally scores like two plays later. I mean, LSU had Mm -hmm. like a handful of drives that were like three or four plays, um, you know, which is just absolutely backbreaking. LSU's defense was probably getting tired because they were playing so much. Cause I mean, Florida, not exactly overly explosive. So I don't know. I think there's, I I loved how uh, ETN and who's their other running. Who's Florida's other running back. Montreal Johnson, he's they're they're both really good. They ran they ran really really well. They weren't like it's not like Florida's offense was creating gaping holes in the LSU secondary. No. But like those two hit every single little like cutting lane yeah. really well. It was it, yeah, the, Florida, the, they got the three quarters the of this game. game I saw were were really fun. I liked watching this game. Yeah, it was a good game. It was I think closer than seventeen. Sure, whatever. Uh, you lose by seventeen, but uh, yeah, Florida gave up like over seven hundred yards though, so not great. Let's take it to Chapel Hill, where Duke played North Carolina. Jordan, there was some ACC officiating going on in this game as well, it appeared. It did appear. What happened happened in this game in general? I wasn't um, really glued to this one. Yeah, I wasn't either until I saw some people tweet about uh, the shenanigans that took place. There was a what appeared to be a simultaneous possession of the ball. Mm in which uh, North Carolina I'll say, offense. I'll say, I don't know that it was simultaneous. Like the UNC receiver caught it first, and then it seemed very clear that he got it taken away from him. Or at least that it was like he got it taken away at some point on his way down, whether or not he was on the ground yet or not. But the Duke receiver was on the, the ground Duke with defensive the back. Yeah, sorry. The Duke defensive back was on the ground with the ball. The UNC receiver got his hands on it first. And then by the time they were on the ground and visible, the Duke cornerback had it. And so continue. Yeah. And so I think the Duke DB even came out of the, like the ground with the mm-hmm. ball um, and the, the officials conferred with each other and decided that it was going to be first, first down North Carolina. And there was no review, no like attempt to take a second mm. look. Very strange. Um so UNC goes up. Uh, who was it? Who was it on the call? Was Hasselbeck on the call? Yeah, was... ACC Network. So <laughs> Hasselbeck, Hasselbeck loves to give it to some people. He he's like sneaky. Yeah, he was very fun. He is on the equal call. opportunity he was just, fryer of person. Yeah, he was just openly like, I don't even understand why you don't even look at that. Like that, yeah. it was kind of the definition of it, and he wasn't wrong. So so Carolina goes up uh, four at that point. A um, couple minutes left in the game. Duke gets the ball back, and I. Like, I wasn't even watching at this point. Um, I saw Felder tweet something like, 
Phew, Duke is already at midfield. Like <laughs> 30 seconds after tweeting, uh, yeah, Duke's gook is, goose is cooked in North Carolina. Um, and then it went to, phew, they're already at midfield. So I switched back. Um, they drove it into the red area uh, with about a minute left, got into a fourth and short um, at around the 20, I believe. And Mac called timeout before the offensive snap and decided. So while they're going to timeout, Hasselbeck's in the booth like, yeah, I think if you're UNC here, you just rush three, you drop eight into zone, like you got a freshman quarterback who's making his second or third career start, make the throwing windows as small as possible. Hell yeah. And Carolina comes out and runs engage eight with man on the three receivers and like nobody gets home at all. And the DB gets roasted. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Oh, got beat by five yards. It was. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh, just Jordan. Jordan Moore was the quarterback. Perfect. Uh, perfect strike for a touchdown. So Duke goes up three. They scored too quick. Um, Howell took him down, kicked a game tying field goal. They just did like running back angles all the way down the field. It was <laughs> maddening. Like they would send receivers deep and then they'd run just a little running back angle underneath. The angle. Catch it and it was deadly. Angle for life. Yeah. Um, which I, I mean, I don't hate it, but at the same time. So they go to overtime. Um, I think they exchanged field goals in the first overtime. Carolina scored a tud and a successful two-point conversion. Duke matched with a tud and failed the two-point conversion. So mm. victory bell remains in Chapel Hill. Um, Mac remains toast to the town for now. Maybe we should put him on the hot seat, though. I don't know if he's on the hot seat. I think he's on the, like, may move on. Pastures seat. watch. Yeah. He, he, potentially Pittman. Uh, going to retire slash be asked to retire. Um, I don't know what their plan is, though, moving forward. I can't I don't imagine. I think they do either. Well, Tony Elliott, come on down. All right. Uh, Bama absolutely did the thing to Kentucky. Um, Bama, yeah. looked, Early looked, and often. They looked really good. I mean, Kentucky appears to have hit a rough patch of the schedule. Um, I think Kentucky's just kind of like Penn State of the SEC, right? Yeah, sure. And Ole Miss to a degree. We'll get to them later. But like they beat who they're supposed to beat and they lose to who they are not favored against. And everybody talks themselves into like, oh, maybe. This oh, could be they, the one. They're, t they're yeah. tough. Therefore, no, it could it be close. Like, no, probably not. Yeah, Jalen Milrow, sort of a coming out party type game, though. Six total touchdowns, three through the air, three rushing. He was awesome. Um, Bama looks like there was a lot of um, talk in the early part of this game. Like, we were talking to uh, who's the offensive coordinator. He's got the pop gun arm. Barely. Tommy Tom Reese. Reese. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Reese. And he, you know, said that they, they're running stuff now that wasn't even in the playbook two weeks ago. And it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Sure. Um, maybe Tommy Reese, Tommy Reese, hey, newsflash, Jalen Miller is your quarterback. Maybe you should let him run a little bit more. So <laughs> that like, doesn't that's, sound like a that's not like that praise you that, that you think it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Alabama did, did the thing. I mean, they, they got, they got Kentucky out of there swiftly 28 
like 28 to seven or something. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was a, it was a beat down, beat them down big time. Um, yeah. I mean, Alabama, this, uh, Georgia, SEC championship game official. I was going to say this, this clinched it, right? The, yes. the, the title game. Yeah, that's correct. So uh, Iowa continues to win uh, and the team, the total under continues to hit. Uh, so good for Iowa. The lowest they apparently kneeled it down inside the five yard line to, <laughs> and that ended up preserving the under. It's awesome. Truly, truly sick, disgusting stuff there. Feel, feel free to score any points, Rutgers. You know. Yeah, I mean, what was the final score? 22 to nothing. 22 to nothing. Yeah, so I think the total was 27 and a half, I think is what it closed at. It was just the lowest in history for a CFB game, which is wild. Um, and they hit it. So <laughs> good for them. Eventually, it's not going to hit anymore. Uh, we're going to have to like say they're asking for a new challenge. Like, yes, go lower. We'll right. still hit it and win. We'll still hit it and win. They're eight and two. I just, like, again, just like personally, it sucks to see teams rewarded for this kind of behavior. Are they the worst two loss team in America? <laughs> I mean, probably. I don't no. know. So that I think they are without question the most it, cynical two loss team. Their in defense is truly amazing. I mean, their like, defense is like, genuinely it's, it's elite. Very, like, really good. And yeah. I don't know why their defensive coordinator continues to stay around <laughs> to be Iowa's defensive coordinator when he probably could coach somewhere or like be the DC at like somewhere like way more fun. To, then to like does he think he's gonna to, be the successor? Maybe he must. He's been there since 2012. Phil Parker, Sorry, 1990. Name, right? Oh my god, he's been there since 1999. All Whoa. right, so that's almost as long as how long? What's his name has been there for a long time, right? Ferentz. Who Ferentz? Yeah. Since yeah, then too. I think he. I believe. Yeah, he started in '99, so he was. So on he and Phil Parker Ferentz's just just yeah. just. Boys burying bodies together. Yeah. <sighs> Love it. All right. Oklahoma State was at UCF. Mentioned this off the jump. God. Just a, a, a stinky line here. Oklahoma State, 15th ranked team in the country, favored by one and a half at UCF, who's been pretty bad recently. Um, but Elliott was on this. His model suggested that UCF should be favored by one. Um, and he was right uh, by, uh, I guess he was right. 42 uh, points. UCF won this game 45 to three. Uh, an absolute just beat down. There was a really cool picture taken in this game. It was only raining in one half of the stadium, um, which was kind of, it was just like a, very classically Florida. I was going to say that's um, incredibly Florida of them. Yeah. So it was like just, just pouring. Yes, exactly. Pouring rain uh, in like one end zone and nowhere else, which was kind of funny, but um, yeah, weird, just weird result. I don't have anything to take away here. Um, UCS has been bitterness. fine, uh, but you know, I may, you know, I may have been, I may have been involved on this one and, yeah uh, as, you know, as was i it's i was okay. sc- scanning the board jordan and i were commiserating so you know yeah great anyway. minds think alike no <laughs> i like the you i remember ucf got the ball first marched it right down scored a touchdown sure oklahoma state moved the ball uh turned it over ucf went and got points off of that turnover oklahoma state came down moved the ball again i think they got it inside the 10 uh, through an interception on the goal line or in the end zone, like could not get out of their own way. You blink and they're down 17 or 21 points and right. the rain showed up, which they were apparently not very prepared for it to rain potentially in Florida, which um, may be an indictment on your leadership. Um, but it, hey, it, you know, it may rain in Orlando. The, yeah, rainiest, like, the rainiest place, not in I, Seattle. I promise you, whatever equipment truck 
Oklahoma State is working with has room for some rain gear. But they went to the sideline reporter, and she was saying, like, y'all, you know, they only have a few small tents that players are, like, huddling under to stay dry. It's like, <laughs> well, that's not a great look. for, for Stay the dry? Yeah, not great. Well, anyhow, upset with them. Uh, we don't talk about that anymore. And also Air Force. What's going on with Air Force? They have been turning it over a lot, but they lost to Hawaii. So shout out to the Rainbows. Hawaii Timmy was Chang. like a plus in the underdog. Wow. Glad I didn't have that in my mega mega parlays uh, you know, set up. But, uh, all right. That's all I had. Did you guys have any other games from the board you wanted to get to before Jordan Texas to pick Phil? Uh, Virginia Tech beat the hell out of Boston College. Yeah. That was they had like 600 yards offense, I saw. Yeah. Troubling, so, troubling development, but echoes of the Big East. <laughs> Virginia Tech squarely on pace to need to win the Virginia game to make a bowl. They're five and five right now, so they'll have two cracks at it. But Who do they play next? Couldn't tell you. Uh, let me take a so poke around. But no. they play NC State on uh, Saturday afternoon. Wow. NC not State a, also out here winning games. Not a basketball school, NC State. Yeah. They continue found their identity as a not basketball school. Right. Their their identity with like the the most as the most boring college football. Is, is there a more boring college football program than NC State? Iowa. I mean, I'm sure well, I'm I sure mean, we could crack a couple. I don't think I was I don't think I was that okay. Maybe I was that I don't think I was that boring boring because there's like I was so like niche sicko that I don't think to be, think to be boring. boring, you have to be like, oh right, I forgot about them. And I just think NC State yeah. is just like they're so middle of the road. Also, their quarterback decided to opt out for the rest of the year and would appear to be destined for the transfer portal. Interesting. Yeah. Weird situation. Um, MJ Morris, uh is it back to Brandon Armstrong time? <laughs> I think so. It was. He he yes. started this weekend. Beat Wake Forest. I'm sure yeah. that's not. I'm sure that's not awkward at all. No, definitely not. He's got to be licking his chops though. Gets another crack at uh, Virginia Tech. Probably won't have to throw to any offensive linemen in this one either. That's <laughs> right. They they definitely well, don't can't can't assume because Doctor Bob's still involved. But this is true. All right, maybe they learned. We can only hope that they learned their lesson. <laughs> All right, let's go to Pickville. Let's do it. Um, I didn't tally the numbers yet. My apologize to the ardent followers of the spreadsheet. Those I tallied. I tallied mine. I had a great week. I did. I think I went away. two and three, and it was like, it was the most frustrating. Two and three ever. Uh, I believe I was the same. But um, we started with Michigan at Penn State at noon. Michigan covered the four and a half. The consensus was off to a one and a start. Uh, I personally advocated for selling some points, perhaps to six and a half, which I did personally. And I was glad I did because it bankrolled all the stupid. I did on Saturday that, that didn't come through. Um, but, you know, you, you play to win the game. so um, Which is not something that James Franklin does, it turns out, play to win the yeah, game. It, yeah, like, it just never felt like they were going to have a chance in that game. Which is wild because they, like, I mean, they were, like, a two-point, a, a weird two-point conversion away from, you know, uh, being a one-score game. Um 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they seem just like extremely limited and extremely like willing to just kind of play into being limited. And their defense played fine in this game. Um, Michigan decided that they were just going to nut Michigan, up and play the Harrisonburg finished, High School. They, they played finished the, the yeah. game with 30 consecutive 30, runs. 32, 32 consecutive runs. Well, to be fair, there was two scrambles in there by JJ, so it was you know only oh, thirty-one of thirty-three plays. Were well, and there was a pass did, pay. There was a pass a, interference. Yeah, he threw a pass and it was a pass interference. No, yeah, so you know only ninety percent of the plays were runs, guys. Not not he was like seven you know, of eight for sixty yards on the day. So, and I think they made this point in the first half when the running game started to get rolling for Michigan, but um, you know who I'm forgetting his name, Sharon. Uh, more, oh, yeah. more, yes. So, offensive coordinator, interim or acting head coach, whatever term you prefer. Um, they they were really impressed with like, okay, he gave McCarthy like two series to like, let's see how you can spin it. And when that wasn't working, he was like, all right, we're pounding the rock, and it worked. And Penn State came into this game with the six or the second ranked against the run defense in the country, um, got run all over kind of a, a similar to last year situation. I think they entered that game also in the top five or top 10 against the run and Michigan put up like 400 yards. Um, but one of the commentators made the, the point that like Penn state's defense has a lot of speed, but Michigan's offense has power. Yes. And if you just run at the speed with power, you are going to win those matchups. And that's what Michigan did. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't, it wasn't like total ground and pound, like, uh, you know, two yards in a cloud of dust football either. I mean, they broke off some big ones, um, certainly took advantage there. So it was a good game plan. I mean, I don't think it helps JJ McCarthy's Heisman campaign to have a like six for eight day on the card, but um, big win over a top 10 opponent. Good for Michigan. I suppose, you know, Sands political prisoner, uh, Jim Harbaugh, who was watching from a nearby Denny's or something. So um, hope hope he's doing okay. Uh, Sharon Moore cut, just cut an absolute promo for Jim Harbaugh after the game. Tears, multiple F-bombs, multiple S-bombs. I mean, we were we were saying all the words after thanking um, Jesus, of course. Right. <laughs> Excuse me, which was hilarious. So, uh, yeah. It's I mean, like I, out of the Mike Bocock handbook. Right. You, right. You yeah. Say the Lord's Prayer and then you you drop unmentionables. <laughs> yes. About the Hammer some yeah. profanity. Yeah. And there's just like some sodomy talk and, you know, you're off to the races. So it's we'll like we're going to play ball. Go, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, I, Michigan's great. They're really good. Defense is good. Powerful. We'll see uh, when they make it to uh, the Ohio State game is increasingly growing a little bit more fascinating to me because uh ohio state's defense is really awesome and they've stood up to some like big boy football teams as well notre dame um etc and i think ohio state probably is a shade more dynamic than michigan on offense um maybe not as good at what they do the best but also they're probably gonna have the best player on the field marvin harrison jr so that will help um don't love ohio state's quarterback situation but like that game is I mean that that game has like I, I think I would I would take the under in that game. Just okay. a little little future little future uh, wing on the under there. I love so, it. well, I'm just like that. That, that game to me is gonna be like 
big game, all eyes on it, and I could see it being a slugfest. Uh, yeah, you could see like both offenses not trying to do too much too early. Correct. In like a, and it'll get painted as like, oh, this is a heavyweight fight, and the yeah. fighters are definitely it. the first time. Like, no, they just don't want to turn the ball over and right. cause a catastrophic like switch of momentum and or points. Correct. And you know, like I said, that in some ways, like I think that could play into Ohio State's. St- uh, hands because I think they have like higher big play potential than Michigan. Um, even though Michigan busts off some big runs. So, um, all right, we don't have to talk about that until we get there. Utah was at Washington. Washington was nine and a half point favorite. Uh, I was tracking this one and we got hosed. Mm-hmm. We got hosed a touch twice. Uh, tw- twice. We got double hosed <laughs> on this one. Jordan was livid. In the group chat, uh, very upset with Washington. Uh, we had a Deshaun, uh, just like one of the most obscene Deshaun. Uh, holy moly, Jackson! Jackson plays, uh, mm-hmm. you know, leaving the ball at like the two yard line, not not the one yard line, not like did he make it in or not? Like there was no question about it. He let the ball go way too early on a return. Did he get a safety like immediately after that? Um, an extreme safety, like a. He got tackled in like this, like seven yards deep in the end zone. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Washington pulls it out. Utah looked really game in this game. I don't know that I ever like thought Utah was like gonna really do it, but they also they looked feisty enough that uh, they, they scored people points are and they asking moved the ball a lot better than yeah, like people are asking questions about Washington's defense on account yes, of which Utah's I think offense. are warranted. I don't disagree sure. with you, and yeah. I'm ready to pick Oregon over Washington in the upcoming. Oh yeah, I think Oregon's gonna. I think Oregon probably should be rated over Washington. I agree. In the polls, that was a big. There was, I think, uh, Stats of War went through it with a couple fans this weekend, where he was like, (laughs) Oregon should clearly be ranked above Washington, and everybody. Yeah, sure. And to be fair, they make the case like, well, head to head doesn't matter. It's like, well, not in like these big picture conversations. No, it doesn't. Like that's why, like. Anyways, it's a very you can't rank every team based on head to head. So you can't like yeah. only apply head to head like uh, in in this one instance. But right. like you have to somehow put them next to Georgia and Michigan right. and Ohio. And that, like, that's teams the thing. Nobody is play. Yeah. nobody is saying like if Washington is five, Oregon can't be six. Like well, and also like if Washington, you go, I mean, fo- football is what it is, right? But if you go at Washington, huge game and lose by three, like. Right. Does that You're mean that Washington behind, is like categorically yeah. the best, the better I stamped team? Stamped like, it on the yeah, no, that's no, not exactly. What it's just and not so, true. But I mean, Oregon's if it had been like forty-nine is, to ten, beat them down, then like that's right. we could have that conversation. Oregon but that was is, not the is, their body of work is much better than Washington's at this point, and they lost a very tight game of the century of the week in Seattle, and so Oregon is of, very good. Yeah, yeah. Of which, like, they had a chance to win. They yeah, it didn't go their way at the end. So all right. Um, but Utah, Utah's offense has come alive of late. Maybe they they've caught frisky. some, they, 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 they have caught USC and, um, Washington. So like maybe not the stoutest D's, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but, uh, they, <laughs> they, um, they seem to be playing better. The pig farmers really got things going. Love all of the cam rising shots we get on the sideline though. We get more cam rising, like ponytail, flowing locks just gazing at the field uh for someone who like 
I don't know. Zero impact on, on the zero, game. Zero impact on the game. We've been talking about him all year. Like like Utah's quarterback was gonna be like gonna lead them to a national championship. Like he's good, but I mean, come on guys, we gotta relax a little bit on the on the camerizing. Do you, I guess he's gonna come back next year? Hmm. I'd feel bad for the pig farmer if he does. I mean, like, you would think like if he wasn't gonna come back, wouldn't he have already like indicated he was gonna hit the portal? Maybe not. Maybe he's a good guy. Not a bad guy. That's, not yeah. one of those bad actors. He could make Clemson a lot better. Potentially. I mean, there's a... Are we talking about Rising or are we talking about yeah. Pig Farmer? Yeah. Oh. R- rising. I think they could both make Clemson well, Cl- better. Well, Clemson's awful. Very, yeah. very good point. <laughs> so, but there's, I, there's I, a, I don't imagine, though, you would willingly sign up to go from, from playing for Kyle Whittingham to Davos <laughs> Um No, I was going to say there is a... Absolutely, whale of a nil deal waiting for him in Fayetteville, Arkansas. This is all I'm saying. Cam Rising, the no pig, pig farmer. farmer. Oh, the pig. <laughs> Sorry, Cam Rising. We're going to continue to do this. Ask which quarterback we're talking about. <laughs> all right, generic Utah quarterback. Let's go to Columbia, Missouri. Why don't we? We've often yeah. said this. Another stink. Uh, another stinky line in this one. Another stinky line. I. I was thoroughly impressed with how ready Missouri was to mm-hmm. to put the pause on Tennessee. That's right. Um, they played. I'd they played with forgotten, anger. I'd completely forgotten about the nature of this game last year, in which uh, Tennessee ran the score up a little bit. Um, Tennessee <laughs> looked slow. I think I said this in the in the chat, but like on defense and on offense, nothing they did looked up to speed with Missouri, which was surprising. Um, Missouri clearly wanted it more. Um, so disappointed in coach Bobby Moynihan and the boys in, in orange and white. Yeah, they didn't, they were not ready to play. They only scored seven points in the game. I saw it was like the first game in 68 games they had that they hadn't scored in the first quarter um and they only scored in the second quarter but yeah missouri looks like like what maybe kentucky thinks they should be you know what i'm saying like tough that's fair like very like they run the ball well tough and and i don't i'm not like trying to necessarily take a shot at kentucky i'm just saying like i think missouri is is all those things this year what you're doing is you're priming the pump for florida's hosting of missouri this weekend so well no they're going to missouri which is even worse yeah so oh are they sorry i misread that yeah it's only gonna be like i'm sure 20 degrees graham mertz will be back in his element though taking him back to his wisconsin Mm. days he'll be having trauma flashbacks in the pocket fumbling again probably um no yeah i mean missouri looks really good they have uh their running back was absolutely toting the mail this game uh which is Good to see. Just good to see of just a prime running back performance um, in today's day and age, in these in these unprecedented times. So, do we think Eli Drinkwitz is a cap is a candidate mm. to capitalize on recent success and maybe take a larger job? Maybe, but he's an interesting guy. I feel like he could have been on the hot seat this year if things had like not gone really well, and they've gone really well. I mean, I think they. What have they lost twice? Yeah, they're eight and two. Yeah, yeah, and one of the games was, was like an absolute shootout with LSU. It was which a shootout a with LSU, and then they went toe to toe with Georgia. They only lost by nine. Yeah, they played pretty well against Georgia, so good for them. But um, yeah, I mean, Drinkwitz is an interesting character. He like makes weird comments and like kind of talks like 
a considerable amount of shit, which is great. I, I, I kind of like, I kind of love that for, He's for, spicy. for coach beans, people, people on, on the Twitter's call him coach beans. He looks a little bit like the guy beans from that, uh, from that show. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, okay. I clearly don't remember that show. What was that show? I was going to say, can you tell me what, what is the what show with beans? beans? Boy meets world. Wasn't it I even Stevens? Ah, it was, it was even Stevens. I think it was even yeah. Stevens. <laughs> Shia probably, LaBeouf. And... Yes, vintage Shia. But um, yeah. yeah, he wears the visor. Um, he said like after the game, like, were you impressed with your team's performance? And he was like, crap, yeah. Like he said, crap, yeah, which is which is <laughs> yeah. a funny a funny quote. And then he did mention that like he's like our defense kicked their like you know so he's 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 into that kind of talk. But um, I always I often forget that he was at App State for a year. Yeah, he was only the coach there for was App State. Was that when they were doing like the Arkansas State thing, where they were just like pumping out coaches to random yeah. programs for like year Pretty after much. year? They yeah. were rolling. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Maybe I just don't know how. I don't know where he fits. Yeah, like would he? Is he a Carolina guy? Is he an Appalachian dude? Would he like want to go to like UNC? Is that an upgrade over Ooh. Missouri? Can I say. Potentially, when Dave Doran takes like, the when Dave Doran takes the Texas A and M job, would he want to go to NC State? Yes, now we're talking. <laughs> Gross. Ugh. I hate that for everybody. That's horrifying. I love it. <laughs> just, just, I get the tingles in my plums just thinking about it. Dave, Dave Doran back in the mix, petting the dog and like doing wearing the golden boots and stuff. Oh, it would be delightful. All right, yell call. Yeah, but Tennessee. Kinda, I don't want to say fraudy, but a little, a little fraudy, maybe. I don't. I just don't really know what they are right now. That was a like, stinker of a game. This they're, is, they're yeah, much better than what they showed. But I don't know how good they are. They're in a weird are trajectory like, though, because is... like last year they were so much better than they are this year, and I think that's what they yeah. want to be. And like, how did they completely lose the plot? Like, is losing Jalen Hyatt that big a deal? Or I mean, and Hendon Hooker. I mean, Hooker was yeah, Hooker was really good. But I mean, we were told that they're quarterback they're playing this year was going to be good too and like that just hasn't been the case as much i'm not entirely sure tennessee's good at all i don't i mean i'm kind of with you you could you could talk me into them not being a top 25 team here's their their indictment that you got beat down by this florida team also yeah here here are their wins they railroaded virginia they beat (laughs) they beat they beat austin p by less than they beat virginia uh they beat utsa they beat South Carolina by 21. They beat Texas A&M by seven. They won at Kentucky, and then they hammered UConn. They lost to Florida. They lost at Alabama. They lost at Missouri, which two hmm. of those are like perfectly fair win or perfectly fair losses. But they don't like what's their statement win at Kentucky by six after Kentucky stopped caring about the season, like <laughs> because their season was over after week four. No, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. They that, hammered Florida and they called it a day, and I respect that. And so, <laughs> I, yeah, me too. Florida's, like, Florida's I, I don't know Florida's what they're. I don't know what. I don't know what they're hanging their hat on. It's. I mean, I'm with you. you know. I, I mean, maybe they're kind of like caught in between a little bit of like roster turnover, and I, I know that they're. Uh, they have you know five star plus quarterback Nico Lama Lama Loea waiting in the wings, but you know why doesn't he get to play? Give him a shot. Your question. All this is to say that they're probably going to put the fear of God in Georgia this weekend inexplicably um, until Georgia like puts the foot down in the fourth quarter, three touchdowns. But well, that game's at Tennessee, right? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's the, Georgia, it's the CBS Georgia's game. Lone tough game, sort of quasi tough game that they have to go on the road for. Yeah. Brutal. 
I thought so with them. Anyways, right. I'm well, not. I don't. Of Georgia, speaking of the I'm dogs, not a big fan. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Georgia, we had Lane and Ole Miss betwixt the hedges, and this one also not very close. Told you. We so kind of knew what we were getting. Lane Kiffin special here. Jason. Jason took the catnip. I was overly optimistic, and to be fair, for about two and a half, or for about a quarter and a half, it looked like oh, it's going to get weird and frisky, and then mm. Georgia just. Sad on them. That was a really fun first quarter. It yeah. was a really fun Got first quarter. To him. One thing yeah. we don't do on this podcast that was over overreact to scripted first drives of games. So congratulations to Ole Miss. It wasn't their, just the first their, drive. Well, they were losing twenty eight to fourteen at halftime, so it wasn't exactly they scored like, on the second drive yeah. too. Oh wow, second drive, uh, third drive. But oh, still. sorry, but it, I mean we were tied fourteen all. That's what I'm right? saying. For That's yeah, true. for a quarter, for a quarter and a half, this was like a really fun back and forth game, and then Georgia just put a. Very angry end to then all there was that. no back, only yeah. fourth. Only fourth. <laughs> it was only fourth. <laughs> yeah, Georgia was good. 2023 Georgia football, only they, fourth. Yeah, they got their, they got one of their, uh, like good offensive linemen back, and they have really been humming since that happened. So, and they had, I mean, they had Bowers back, they had McConkey back. McConkey put a cornerback in a blender. McConkey's was, like literally really good, and yeah. it's, yeah. it's. It's like you can make all the freaking Wes Welker jokes. Like he's like Cooper Cup. Actually, he's, he's Cooper yes, Cup. Like, yeah, sure. Like he's yeah. like I mean, he's just good. He runs really good routes. I mean, yep. I don't know. He's he was on the outside for his touchdown pass. He was on the outside and just straight up lost that dude. Like guy got fully turned around five yards from the line. Yeah, of and then he like straight, like, and then that guy like got the like hyperextended knee straight leg and just like crumpled to the yeah. turf at the That's five yard line. You hate to see that. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I don't. You, running out of like good things to say about Georgia at this point. Um, Georgia, Alabama is shaping up to be a good game. At least Alabama seems to Mm -hmm. be like headed in the direction to where like it could be interesting in that game. But yeah, Georgia just like to their credit always seems like they're like ready to go. And if they're not, immediately ready to go they flip the switch and it is on like there is no like whoof man just like really struggling to wow, get it going like they, it today they you know if they don't got it for a half they absolutely got it in the second they also half. Like, there is it's no weird like, just there are occasionally teams that don't like when they don't seem like they have it they still just like they hold the leash back and just like no you're not gonna like you're not gonna crap drop three quick touchdowns on us and put this like where we have to chase you down. Like you're going to stay right here and you're going to sit right here and we're going to figure some stuff ready, out. Right. And yeah. And then we're going to just hammer you. And now they're, yeah. they're really good. Really good. Carson Beck is like a, a plus at the position, which is yeah. uh, wild to see. And they seem like they've kind of strung together. Like, I don't think they like, I think losing Munkin was a big deal for them. Like as far as like how effective their offense was last year. Cause I think like largely the, personnel is mostly the same um from last year like from uh, from a, i'm talking from like a talent standpoint like for whatever reason like georgia doesn't have like it doesn't appear that they have like alabama level receivers typically um their quarterback is like carson beck was highly recruited and is is a good player um has been in the program and stuff you know obviously uh bowers is awesome their offensive line is really good their running backs are like plus like they're just like kind of net across the board very good and very solid and it and they like they some they sum their parts into like a very effective package better than like and their parts are all very good right so like they're 
that that's that's very good. There, there's other teams that like struggle to sum their parts together into a good package, like like USC, yeah. right? Like you know, Caleb Williams is awesome, but it's hard for Caleb sometimes just being out here. Or, and like I think most of college football, they need the sum of all their parts to be greater than just right. the sum of those individual parts. And so, like the 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 fact that Georgia still gets more out of that roster you're just kind of like well that's not fair like come on guys like (laughs) right like that's really impressive but like you know save some for the rest of us type stuff yeah but boba's got it going for him so yeah good for his credit good for georgia man you know just you gotta feel good for georgia don't you yeah it's about time absolutely all right final game of the night we had USC at Oregon. We had Pac-12 after dark. Didn't really get zany or crazy. Um, Oregon's good. Yes. Yeah. They was this a back? Was this, was this a backdoor cover situation, or was this just kind they of like with, yeah. uh, US? So uh, I went to sleep with Oregon up. 22, I believe it okay. was, yeah. where I saw the score. USC scored twice in the last 12 minutes. And I thought, okay, we'll get a push here, or Oregon's going to score one more time. And they did not, and right. USC apparently got a tud with, like, three minutes left. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, I think Oregon's great. I like what they do on both sides of the ball. I like their coaching staff. Quarterback's really good. I saw um, Bo Nix was like two for two for 166 yards and two touchdowns to start this game, which yeah. again, Jason, you know, most coaches, he saw Jalen Daniels, Jalen Daniels going off and he was like, you know, Jaden Daniels, sorry. And said, hold my beer. Um, Let him he could say that because he's like 35 and drinks lots of beers. And married. Yeah. Yeah. A husband and father. So yeah. I mean, USC, you think Lincoln Riley would leave to go to Texas A&M? <laughs> Ah, uh, mm. just fascinating. Curious. Do you think Texas A&M would want him? Yeah, given the way the season's gone, I think that's a splash that they would love. Yeah, I agree. But to me, that think... would be a catastrophic mistake for Texas A&M. Would that be? Bigger, oh, I fully would agree. That be but what, like a bigger mistake than Dion? That, that wasn't your question. Your question was, would they do it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they would do it. I mean, if it's like Elko or Lincoln Riley, then you're going to do Lincoln Riley, but you're going to pay Lincoln Riley so much money. I don't think it's like on the board basically because of the money, but like, I don't know. Is the money an option? It doesn't seem to be. Seems like it kind of isn't. Yeah. These are people are the streets are saying. Anyhow, USC, not sure what to think. They need to get better on defense and probably just kind of keep recruiting and stuff and try to put this year behind them. Um, I, th- we could be looking at an all-time mailed-in bowl performance out of USC this year. Just side note, so I, I don't for for whoever plays and doesn't opt well, out. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like we're talking like Florida Las Vegas Bowl last year level uh, ineptitude, like abounding. Like if Lincoln Riley even shows up to the game, he might just call it from home in Malibu. Just he's just simming it out. He's he's, he's doing house. ask he's doing ask Corso every play. No, he'll just he have to coach it. Be like, hey, remember remember that one time remember that when you used to do for? this? Yeah. yeah. What's Cliff? What's Cliff up to? Cliff has worn mm. the has worn the the maroon before. Dude, I bet he is enjoying life as a low responsibility assistant <laughs> in L.A. 
I mean, I, I, I would, yeah, I would, I would guarantee that he is enjoying life doing all those things. Like, I was guaranteeing he would probably enjoy life anyway, but, um, yeah, maybe he wants to get back in the game. Cliff yeah, Kingsbury, he, he could fill in for Stoops at Kentucky. Oh. <laughs> Some of these places is just like there's such outposts too that it would be wild to just imagine. Like, like, Dan, like Kingsbury at Boise State. Like Dan Landing. I mean, granted, he like he was at Georgia. He's probably like been around, so whatever. But like, just moving to Texas to College Station, like for all the money in the world, <laughs> like they they gotta pay you so much just to do that to yourself. I don't know. That's weird. They're in. That's a weird spot. I'm very fascinated. Yeah. We'll okay. Keep an eye on it. All right. Well. We beat this one up pretty good, but it was a fun week. I enjoyed it. It was a good week of college football. I had like three straight quad box windows going, so <laughs> it was there was a lot. I cut away after I thought Miami was done for because Miami was putting in they were they were putting in a, a little bit of a Penn State performance. Things were kind not of on life support. Yeah, for a while. and then they got. I don't. Did you see the touchdown pass that Miami got? Like it was one of those like the quarterback just hucked it in there between the corner and the safety. And I mean, by the grace of God, the ball beat the corner and the safety to the receiver. And then both of the corner and the safety like plowed into each other and fell down. The receiver like ran like 80 yards into the end zone oh. for a touchdown. It, but it was like the Real, yeah, the, the classic, like, no, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> like, situation. Um, speaking of which, I saw some delightful uh, Jameis Winston footage come across the Twitter timeline today. So that, <laughs> excited always he was wonderful in, to pop up by his boy he did it for his boy jimbo he got he got to get in the game and said this one's for jimbo and like fired <laughs> fired one of the most ridiculous cross field passes i've ever seen that was stepped down so good for him but i mean it was the, a pass that under no circumstances anybody should ever throw i'm talking i've been uh, waiting all season to let this cannon to like opposite <laughs> corner of end zone anyhow all right that's enough of that um <laughs> you guys you guys all said here are we good uh, well, we didn't mention Texas State or Texas Tech beat Kansas. That was oh, tough. Yeah, Kansas, Kansas has... lost Mr. Bean, I think, as well. To yeah, Mr. Bean, crazy hair, did not know. Kind of a kind of a Jaden Daniels like hair situation going on there. Hmm. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah. All right. Thanks Hope he's for... doing well. Thank you, everybody, if you made it this far for joining us on the Wheel Rock Podcast. It's great to hear Jason and stunning crystal clear mm. HD audio. Uh, right. back like he never left you can find the show at wheel route podcast on instagram you can send us emails wheel route podcast at gmail.com you can go to the website thewheelroute.com plenty of stuff on there for you guys to do namely stream the show look at the pics see pictures of us etc uh, until we meet again go gators love you guys go who's go dukes <laughs> <laughs>